Welcome to Interviews. My name is Laurent Autain and I am on a quest to crack the entrepreneurship code. I created this podcast to give a voice to passionate small and medium entrepreneurs around the world. I hope that the stories, practical tips and advice my guests share will inspire you to better navigate your own entrepreneurship journey. Hi, thank you for joining Interviews. Today, I am with Veronica Mihai, entrepreneur, investor, and advisor located in the UK. Hello, Veronica. Thank you very much for joining. Hello, Laurent. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your um, interview podcast and uh, to join so many um, other wonderful names um, from your previous uh, episodes. Great. Thank you. So I looked at your profile before we start and you describe yourself as an entrepreneur, an investor, an advisor, but also a public speaker, mentor, a pathfinder. These are so many hats to wear. So can, can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Yes, sure. Um, I do wear a lot of hats, to be honest with you. And uh, that's mainly because um, I like to explore new territories. I like to uh, uh, dip my toes in the water whenever something new comes about. And uh, mm-hmm. I haven't been like this uh, my entire life. However, um, <laughs> throughout the years, I've kind of learned that you have to, to keep an open door to any new opportunities. And that's how I got involved, you know, that I made a transition from being a management consultant to uh, investing in cryptocurrency and working within the blockchain DLT industry. When did you decide that you would become an entrepreneur? What, what, What were the triggers? In fairness, I come from a culture that um, wasn't rewarding the idea of being an entrepreneur. Uh, my culture was pretty much based on um, the fact that you have to have a stable job if you can retire from that job even better. And uh, so when I moved to the UK uh, from Romania about mm. 12 years ago, I uh, was faced with a change, a shift in, in uh, perceptions, but also a much easier uh, way or infrastructure, if you wish, to become mm. an entrepreneur. And initially, I was actually pushed by circumstances. So whilst I wasn't necessarily dreaming of becoming an entrepreneur, I was uh, faced with a situation where I had to become self-employed in the UK. And that's how my journey started, pretty much. Right. So that's interesting because you say that you come from this culture of, uh, you know, you have to have this security kind of job. And yes. You go to the UK, you become an entrepreneur because of the circumstances, like, like you said, but you were not scared of, because this was like completely new for you. You know, what, what, what was your hook? I was terrified, to be honest with you. Right. I was terrified because that meant that, um, you know, when you have the safety of a job, you go to your office or whatever your your place of work and tasks are given to you. And um, the whole other side of running a business is it's not your responsibility. So you don't have to face those risks. However, when you take 
um, that root of being an entrepreneur, be it even a small company. It's, it's, it's not relevant because believe me, those challenges are there, whether it is a small company or a bigger company. Um, you are responsible not only uh, for the work that you do, but you're responsible to find your clients. You have to market your company one way or the other. You have to make sure that you have uh, continuity in your contracts. You have to find an accountant or you can do it yourself if you wish, but mm. you know, so you have to, you, you have a lot of risks associated as well. And in, initially those kind of scared me. Um, how did I get over that? Mm. I found freedom. Freedom. Uh, yes, pretty much. Um, when you are in a job, let's say you become, you tend to become slightly complacent because you have a safety net, you have some a benefit package usually that comes with a job and um, then you have responsibilities, family, mortgage and so on. And um, your reliance on that job is so 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 big that you don't see necessarily a way out and changing careers for example um or changing jobs it becomes quite a tedious matter so i felt that entrepreneurship is actually freedom freedom of choice to mm. choose my own path to choose my own industry to 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 make my own way there are a lot of people who uh, who say that being an entrepreneur actually doesn't give you uh, doesn't secure that um, progress in your career. Mm. I beg to differ. Whilst in big companies, that's true, and in corporate world, you have training programs, you have um, you know assessments and all of that. Um, ultimately, as an entrepreneur, you have to impose all of that on yourself because there are ways to uh, to progress your career even uh, whilst being an entrepreneur or, or a contractor or whichever way you want to you want to go it's just a matter of you having the diligence of actually looking at your skill assessing yourself and uh, training yourself mm. uh, but again at your own choice depending on what you want what you want to do right so what would you say you're really good at <laughs> Okay, what am I really good at? Um, I like going into detail. I right. get lost in there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the danger of details, yes. <laughs> yes. But um, I do... I, I take my work very seriously. So I think that that's what I'm good at. I'm very dedicated. Right now you work in uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain. That's right. So I would like to talk a little bit more about this because maybe like a lot of people out there, I suppose, you know, I've heard about those words, those terms, but I'm not too familiar with the concepts because I find them a bit intangible, you know? Okay. First, what is cryptocurrency? And then can you tell us how does blockchain work? I think that probably I should start the other way around. Okay. Um, and you will see uh, why. So if I look at blockchain, blockchain is a technology. It's a ledger that it is distributed amongst different, different, uh, multiple people or multiple computers. It's, that's called a network. It's mm. pretty much how internet works, if you think about it. Mm. Now, on that ledger, it's a record practically, right? and a record of transactions between two parties uh, that is performed in an efficient, quick, reliable, verifiable, and permanent way. 
Now, what that means is that, for example, if I want to send you uh, five pounds right now, I could do it on a blockchain without the third party, which is a bank. Right. Okay. So in normal day-to-day life, what we do is we go to our online banking and we send money or we make a payment to another company or another person um, by using the interface of the bank. Mm. In this case, when we're talking about blockchain, we are looking at a distributed network that actually takes a copy of each, each, each node, each participant in that network has a copy of the ledger. And there is a consensus mechanism that happens when the transaction occurs which does not allow for a modification of that record. Every single participant in the network has the same copy. If one of the participants tries to modify the ledger, modify the transaction, let's say, I want to trick you and I'm going to send my five pounds back, or, you know, I want it back afterwards, or I'm going to pretend that I have enough money in my account, but actually I don't. It's a bit like a, you know, uncovered check, if you wish, how people Mm. used to do before. So if I try to do anything of, of the sort, all the other networks will check their, uh, my participants in the network will check their um, ledger and they will see that that transaction doesn't match and it will not be accepted. That's a very, very simplistic way of, uh, of explaining it, to be honest with you. But right. it's pretty much a distributed ledger. It okay. is managed by a peer-to-peer network and all the network has to adhere to a protocol of communication and validation. And that is known as consensus mechanism. Now, due to the nature of decentralized um, um, status of the blockchain, uh, the consensus is much more secure than, let's say, uh, transactions on uh, um, centralized databases. Mm -hmm. And um, also, it allows for transparency. It allows Mm. for... Um, semi-anonymity to be honest not complete anonymity Mm. and uh, that's because for example whilst your transaction the transaction between us will not have our names attached um, it will have a series of numbers an address however let's say if I make several several transactions from that address in, in, you know, eventually it can be associated with my, with my IP address and so on and so forth. So you could kind of figure out who made that transaction. That's why I said semi-anonymity. Right. Now, this whole concept of blockchain actually started a long time ago, uh, somewhere in 1982, um, when David Chom, a cryptographer, first proposed uh, 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 this kind of technology. However, it didn't really pick up until... Um, later, much, much later on in 2008, Mm. when uh, an anonymous um, person that called himself Satoshi Nakamoto um, created Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is practically built on what we call blockchain, which is nothing else other than blocks of transactions that are linked to each other and verified by a decentralized network. When we talk cryptocurrency, Bitcoin is exactly that, cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrencies practically use blockchain technology to record transactions. And they are a form of digital money, if Mm. you want to consider it that way. Although, uh, legally speaking, it hasn't been recognized as as currency in uh, any country so far. 
mainly as a as a property or any other type of asset but not money mm-hmm. and we can understand why but uh, we, we still have a, a way to go until that would happen now um, there are a lot of cryptocurrencies out there but some of the most known ones are Bitcoin and Ethereum and um, they pretty much allow for transaction to happen and to transfer value between people. Okay, so this podcast is about entrepreneurship. How can entrepreneurs use blockchain or cryptocurrency to the best of their interest? It is interesting you're asking that because, um, for example, in the UK, a lot of people are um, actually building solutions that will allow for uh, property to be tokenized um, mm-hmm. using a blockchain um, for uh, management of uh, copyright management. So, for example, if you are an artist or a music creator, um, there are all sorts of other other applica- applications where blockchain can be used. Now, for investors specifically, uh, there are a lot of products that have come up, such as derivatives. Mm. futures for uh, for uh, bitcoin for ethereum and for other asset crypto assets um we also have decentralized finance which is practically um if you want a decentralized loaning type of system that happens uh, on a completely open platform where people um, take money from uh, one provider, then they stake that currency for an interest, and uh, then they take the interest that they earned, that their earnings from there, they put it on another platform, and so on. Which usually happens um, on um, the traditional in traditional banking system as well. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if you have your savings, you put it in a bank, you get a certain amount of interest per year? Yes. Yes. Um, however, what I would say is decentralized finance. When you say entrep- uh, investors, you have to be very careful because, you see, I wouldn't necessarily advise every retail investor to just go out there and invest in decentralized finance and in Bitcoin and Ethereum and so on without making proper research mm-hmm. and without understanding what this is all about. And I'm not talking about understanding technology. I'm talking about understanding the mechanics and what they're getting into because all of this, just like investing in stocks or uh, trading forex, is highly. Um, it, it comes with a high risk associated. Mm-hmm. However, there are many ways. Uh, other ways, for example, for those who are more traditional, they can invest in companies for equity in companies that are building uh, blockchain solutions. Today, the blockchain technology, the cryptocurrency, is more uh, targeted to or more suitable for investors? Like for example, me as a, as a coach, let's take myself as a coach. Could I use yes. the blockchain technology to develop my business? You could, for example, accept, uh, let's say if you, if you had a service that you would provide uh, with a subscription model, or if you had a patron link or something of the sorts, you could always accept um, a cryptocurrency. Mm. And in that case, for example, for a coach or for someone like you, you know, who has some services to offer um, to people out there, they could always accept. Um, I would go for the most reliable ones and I would stick to Bitcoin and Ethereum, for example. Okay. But that's a way. Another way would be to just um, 
get informed about it if, if, if you know for investment purposes for example i'm not talking about speculation and uh, uh, hoping to make a fortune by mm. uh, trading bitcoin or any other crypto asset mm, but more of um let's say looking at it as an investment in the future and uh, safeguarding your your capital if you wish uh, by investing very small amounts into I don't know, uh, let's assume, let's take as an example, you know, Bitcoin in this case, uh, mm-hmm. but just just small amounts, only what you can afford, to be honest with you, because if you lose it, you do lose it. It doesn't come back. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> but I guess what you're saying is it makes sense. I mean, uh, when, you, when you talk about finance, it makes sense not to put all the same eggs in the same basket and then Bitcoin is one, is one of the eggs. Yes, uh, yes, that's right. Um, what I'm also saying is, you know, do not go above, I wouldn't advise anyone to take a loan or to do any other such, uh, act, take any such actions in order to invest in, in cryptocurrencies, because this is not a get rich scheme. Uh, there are a lot of risks associated with it. And uh, we can see, whilst I believe in it firmly, I also know that people are driven by greed a lot of times mm-hmm. and uh, bad things happen. So people have to be aware of that. All right. So be careful then, people. Absolutely. Okay. Be informed. Be informed. All right. Well noted. Let's go back to your entrepreneurship journey. You you mentioned in the beginning uh, that there were a lot of challenges. So what are the, the key lessons that you have learned along the way? Well, some of the lessons that I've learned along the way is, uh, I mean, how to run a business. When you start as an entrepreneur, you don't really know how to run a business. Uh, That's the truth. I mean, Mm -hmm. it starts with an idea or maybe you find something, a service that is needed, but you have a lot of learning um, throughout your journey. So um, you ultimately become unless you have a lot of capital of course but ultimately you become an accountant you become a marketeer you become you know a business developer so that's why you get to wear a lot of hats so some of the lessons that i learned is that you have to look at what are your skills and which one of those skills can you utilize better in order to uh, promote your business in order to secure clients in order to build relationships I I would say that in the beginning, um, you have to look at all possible ways, you know, to reduce the amount your business spends because Mm -hmm. it's uh, always difficult to start. So um, if I learned something is that I have to be very careful with my money. Yeah, (laughs) Um, I confirm. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, To... To run a lean business so that you can survive, for example, situations such as uh, the lockdown that we've just gone through this year. Mm-hmm. Um, to look for alternative ways of, of uh, and sources of funding such as grants or tax cut schemes and anything that is uh, available out there that is applicable to the business really. Mm-hmm. Um, and also to let's say if you are starting a business uh, with other people, then you have to be very realistic about um, the expectations 
um, of, uh, you know, what can they actually deliver and how they can um, be a complement to your business rather than a hindrance. And that's because, you know, we are human and most of the times we start businesses with people and mm -hmm. uh, we're, that we consider friends or sometimes that are family and, um, and uh, we tend to overlook maybe uh, red flags or we tend to think, yes, this is, you know, uh, this is going to be great and everything will be fine. And um, then uh, small, small things happen and we ignore them, maybe because we are friends, maybe because we are family or maybe because we think it's okay, it's going to be fine. Actually, um, you do have to put that business entrepreneur, you know, business person hat on and, yeah. and really, really think whether people can deliver, whether you can deliver, whether how well you work together. So I would never um, underestimate or overestimate someone. And I would pay very, very much uh, uh, attention to how we communicate and how well we work together because interpersonal communication is just as important as the capacity of delivering a project. I sense there's a personal story there where you were talking about be careful with uh, uh, you, the, the, the expectations of the other people. I, I think that the personal story uh, is related to, uh, to some investment that I've made that it didn't turn out as well as I thought it would. Um, I also, because it started from the premises of... Uh, of um, from networking really and then from the premises of a friendship and and uh, it it didn't let's say it didn't create a necessarily a, a loss but it didn't really go in the direction that we were talking initially right. so that's a lesson learned it's there is no point in dwelling or uh, naming or talking mm -hmm. about no, no, no. who it's that's not important the whole what what is important is that you know, we are human misunderstandings can happen at any, any stage. And um, that's why everything is better if it is in writing, if it is clear, mm -hmm. if it is, um, you know, very well defined. Uh, where, even when it comes to uh, whether we are, we are talking about the amounts that we are investing, the rewards that we are getting or giving, the, um, you know, incentive model that we are using, the anything really related to business has to be put in writing uh, appropriately because otherwise unwillingly you create misunderstandings that mm -hmm. ultimately can even break relationships or you know and you don't want that right you want everyone to be successful you want everyone to you know to to, to forge ahead and and create something of value right right so you don't want any uh any uh, holes, everybody no. be aligned to get together because we're talking about business. It's not friendship, it's business. Exactly, absolutely. And sometimes that line is blurry, um, but mm -hmm. I guess as long as you can put personal feelings aside and uh, not worry too much and have everything in writing, then, it, then, then it'll be fine. What are you the most proud of? My resilience and my okay. family. <laughs> okay, okay let's talk about your resilience 
Yes, resilience, because I've, I've gone through a lot of things in life, uh, mm-hmm. to be honest. And um, for example, I'm a, I was an adult student, a mature student. Um, I did not complete my education in my teens or in my 20s. I've actually done it when I had two children, a full-time contract and uh, studying during the night and <laughs> oh, wow. in my 30s or actually 34. Um, so that, that, that was... A, quite a test to be honest with you and sometimes I felt like giving up but I didn't and uh, that for me is resilience and also the fact that no matter what happens I can pick up myself and, and move forward and still be successful. How do you become that, resi- that resilient? I think everyone has some sort of resilience or to some extent uh, that doesn't mean that when you're resilient, you're super strong and you're always positive or mm. that you're always strong. That, that's absolutely not the case. Even the most resilient people in the world, and that includes even, even myself, I, I do have down moments and, mm-hmm. um, in, or imposter syndrome or uh, really bad days when I don't think I'm good enough. Um, maybe that's one of the reasons why I keep uh, learning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. but ultimately it helps so all bad leads to good um but what is the option really for me life is pretty straightforward in the sense that i don't see any other option i I'm moving up yes i don't know any other way mm. if something tries to stop me okay so maybe it will pull me down for a while but after that i have to move on i have to it's a bit like saying okay so if i'm sick today okay, maybe I will not um, work for a day or I will not cook or I will not get up from the bed one day. But can I do that forever? I can't. Mm. I can't afford, right? And uh, not only because I have a family, but also for myself, what kind of life would that be? And I don't see myself just stopping, just not doing anything, Uh, being in one place for a very, very, very long time. I think that idea frightens me. Becoming irrelevant frightens me. <laughs> so I need to be irrelevant. I need uh-huh. to, it keeps me happy. So I suppose that's my motivation. Right. Just being relevant and, and keep, keep going. It's interesting because while you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about my sample. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that's nice to know. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't see an option. I mean, uh, it's not like life will stop and uh, you can just lie there and do nothing because you failed or because something is not working. What's the outcome of that? Nothing, really. I mean, nothing good, at least. So uh-huh. you just have to keep going. For me, uh, resilience, I'm trying to be as resilient as, as I can. And of course, like you said, there are down moments. And I think I try to find my resilience into the discipline. I'm trying to be very disciplined about uh, the way I approach work, my morning routines, for example, going, going to uh, my workouts every day. That brings me some st- structure in my life and that helps me being resilient. That's, that's nice. It's good that you have a, a structure, you have routine and um, you know that's always helpful. I can't say that I have a lot of uh routine to be honest with you i mean i know what i have to do uh i do have days when i just played by the year mm-hmm. and uh, i have days when i procrastinate um but i don't have a set 
routine like that I follow mm-hmm. religiously. Uh, I'm more of a, I know when I'm efficient, let's say. So right. I know that I like mornings. I'm a morning person. Um, I like getting up early in the morning and I like doing most of my work in the morning and having evening free, for example. So yes. you can say that's a routine. Um, but otherwise, uh, I'm free flowing. Right. And um, I guess it comes also with the territory because when you, <laughs> when you have uh, multiple hats, when you wear multiple hats and you do multiple things, you kind of have to be flexible and find a way to, to fit things in mm-hmm. throughout your day or throughout your week. So, you know, from uh, motherhood and school runs to writing, I don't know, uh, articles or doing doing some work or, or whatever else is there that you have to do really. Mm-hmm. I, not, I noticed that you, you wake, you wake up early like myself. And I know there's a lot of successful entrepreneurs who recommend to get up early, but that's because it is true. People get up early. <laughs> You're going to enjoy the, the life and your day so much more. I think. Be way I more feel productive. that it's so much time. If I, if I wake up, let's say, um, if I wake up too late uh, after eight onwards, I feel that the day goes so fast. Yes. But if I wake up at six o'clock, I feel like, oh, you know what? Uh, it's actually quiet in my house at six o'clock. And that's yes. also good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want, what's the big dream for you? Where do you want to take the, your business to? I... I am someone who likes to help and I, I find happiness when I am, I'm of use to other people or to, I don't know, maybe it sounds big, but to the society really in a way. That's why besides business, I take some, I, I take voluntary positions also in, in charities or other places. Uh, like I am uh, in the board of uh, trustees for a Citizens Advice Bureau in my local community. And um, it's an unpaid role um, and, and it is quite uh, intense, but I like it. Uh, I like it because I, I believe in you get something, but you have to give something back as well mm-hmm. um, to the world. And what my dream is, I suppose, to, to somehow contribute to building a world where my children will feel that they can be whoever they want to be. I know it sounds quite broad, but every single one of us can contribute towards a better world in ways that we cannot even imagine or comprehend on on, even on daily basis. Mm -hmm. But if we are the best of ourselves, if we try to help each other, if we try to build solutions that are inclusive for everyone around us, if we try to understand someone else's perspective, even in business, even in how we treat other people or how we look at other people. As an investor, for example, you have to be aware of, let's say, unconscious biases at times. Like, how do you treat people? How do you look at different, different um, uh, people um, or entrepreneurs who are looking for investments? Um, Are you actually being fair when you ask them questions do you mm-hmm. we know that for example women are asked different questions than men uh, when we look at entrepreneurs so for example i educate myself a lot in in these aspects of mm-hmm. being as fair as i can be and trying to recognize my own 
biases because we all have them whether we want or not and um trying to be a better person and that reflects in my work that reflects in my relationship with people in, in the causes that i support and the way i conduct myself in my business and uh, how i treat those around me because i have children and i whilst i didn't grow up in a perfect world and i went through communism and a revolution and all sorts of things um I want my children to have better opportunities than me. I want my children to feel free. Um, and I have a boy and a girl, so it's, I, it's not uh, just about, oh, I'm a feminist or I'm this or I'm that. Mm -hmm. I just want people to be recognized for whoever they are, a diverse world. And if I can contribute in any small way towards that, then yeah, that's my dream. Beautiful. What Thank you. What is the uh, one recommendation you would give to entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs? I would say, look at what services or products they can, uh, they can create or for, you know, for the world, for the society. How will an industry benefit the most from their skills from their offerings from their whatever solutions they're trying or products that they're trying to create um, look at local economies and local communities how can you help start from that point of view because i sometimes i feel like entrepreneurs are looking at and you see a lot of businesses uh trying to be to become the next facebook the next google mm -hmm. and and so on but ultimately look at the journey and maybe facebook started with an intranet type of uh, communication system in within an in, in within a university yeah. so it started somewhere small right yes. so look at what is needed in your community so in your surrounding areas and look at research and 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 what can you do how can you contribute how can you create value but value besides the monetary value mm -hmm. and uh, that's what i would say identify your motivation because i know that it's such an old cliche if you find what you love and you do what you love the best you'll be successful but to be honest with you that's not always the case because you can do something that you truly love but maybe you're not skilled enough or you didn't find the right people or you didn't uh, force the right partnerships or you or something or the other anything can go wrong so it's not like it's a, it's 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 a recipe for success if you if you do what you love but at least it gives you the right motivation to mm -hmm. to strive forward to get over the bad days to um to try something else if something fails so yeah find your motivation start with why yes pretty much <laughs> okay i really enjoy your conversation veronica but unfortunately we have to close it now. So last question, how can people contact you? Uh, people can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, my handle on Twitter is uh, at A-L-E-E-N-A-V-E-R-O, Alina Vero. And on LinkedIn, I am Veronica Mihai, pretty much. And um, otherwise, I don't have Facebook. I don't have... A, instagram or any other social media platforms to be honest with you i stick to these two thank you very much veronica for taking the time to talk to me today thank you lauren for having me and uh wish you and your listeners uh, a, a great uh, day and week ahead thank you and 
Thank you all for listening. If you have any questions for my guest or for myself, or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, send an email to contact at laurentnoton.com or reach out on LinkedIn. See you next time. Bye-bye.